as the Harbaugh turns and Blake Corum returns. Next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Yes, Clark. Hey, 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 Brady gets terrific. Present and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On his way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds. A junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop. And he delivers for Bo Schimbeck. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan Go Blue. Happy New Year. Welcome to our very first episode of 2023 right here on Michigan Podcast. I am Steve Dace. And man, it kind of feels like we've done this time warp before. Michigan has a great season, surprises everybody by beating Ohio State, romps in the Big Ten championship game, face plants in a major bowl game. But everybody's coming back, at least a lot of everybody's coming back, so there's a lot of hype about the next year. Right when it seems like momentum's about to kick in and all kinds of top recruits are mentioning Michigan, the coach decides to do a very public dalliance with the NFL. Does this... We done this show before? Did we just... I mean, Aaron's off mic. Aaron, did we just re-rack last January shows? I mean, it just feels like this is just the exact same thing we just did. We just did this show for like a month, exactly a year ago. And here we are again, despite promises of this will never happen again. Despite vows of I will be enthusiastically back head coaching Michigan next year, which still may turn out that way. Despite a statement way back last Friday from the head coach. Last Friday. A lot of poop changes from Friday to Tuesday, apparently. 
Here, here's, here's what hasn't changed. And there's a lot of theorizing going on, and, and you can't, I, I get into it too, you can't blame me or any of us for doing it. We don't really know, right? Here's a couple things I think we do know. And then we can maybe make calculations about what's going on from there. So let's identify what I think we do know. Number one, there is no amount of money and no length of contract. None. There's not a number in the nine realms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Michigan could afford that the NFL, if it wanted to, could not outbid Michigan for Harbaugh. There isn't one. There isn't a number. So those of you that are like, back up the Brinks truck, man. Give him a lifetime contract and a, you know, blank check. Okay. The NFL, Hollywood is the only other entertainment medium platform in the world more lucrative than the NFL. Hell, side businesses of the NFL, fantasy football, are multi-billion dollar industries in and of themselves. It's king football for a reason. So there, there is nothing that Michigan, despite the largest stadium in the world, despite the largest living alumni body in the world, or at least one of them, depending on which year you look at, right? Uh, there's, there's nothing Michigan could put on the table that if an NFL team really wanted Jim Harbaugh, they could not outbid Michigan for. So set that all aside. To me, the real issue here is the buyout. We're Michigan fans. I, I've never bought a University of Harbaugh shirt. Have you? And I say that as someone who my first favorite player as a kid was Jim Harbaugh. So I've never bought a University of Harbaugh shirt. You ever bought a Jim Harbaugh Coach of the Year poster? No. Didn't buy a Bo Schembechler Coach of the Year poster when I was a kid or a Gary Moeller Coach of the Year poster. Did you own any like Lloyd Carr swag? No. We root for Michigan. Right? Coaches come and they go. Some are great. Some are rich rod. <laughs> All right. Some of them are still clapping somewhere. But in the end, it's the winged helmet and the maize and blue that we root for. Name on the front, not the name on the back. So the reality is, though, that this is going to kill us in recruiting again. If we're being, it killed us in recruiting last year. Now, we have a dead period this week that gets lifted this weekend. A lot of you watching this are wondering, what has Jaden Davis, the five-star quarterback out of North Carolina, been waiting for? Probably been waiting on this, would be my guess. <laughs> Is Jim Harbaugh going to be the coach? What's going to happen? Will they, if he leaves, will they do a national search? There is no amount of money we could not be outbid for, and, and opposing coaches, rival recruiting coaches, are going to point that out. Especially in light of what I'm about to say next in a moment. Therefore, we're, we're really haggling over a buyout here. There, there must be a buyout that is punitive and Michigan favorable. Otherwise, what is the point? We're, we're essentially saying, without a buyout, that we know Jim wants to go and can go anytime he wants. Jimmy can go and probably is here as long as J.J. McCarthy is. And um, good luck signing the 2024 recruiting class. This time last year, the amount of top 23 kids we were in on was extraordinary, even by Michigan standards. After the season we just had, we landed almost none of them. Almost none of them. 
We're poised to have the same thing happen to us again with this Dalliance. We'll get at the we're going to end up with another Iowa, Wisconsin level class. Now, those aren't terrible classes. And with the way we can develop players, you can win a lot of games. Not 13 and 0, though. More like the kinds of records that Harbaugh had before the last couple of years. Nine and four, ten and three, stuff like that. Kind of hard to go back to that, though, after back-to-back number three finishes in the AP poll. Folks, that's the the highest consecutive finishes Michigan has had in the AP poll since the Mad Magicians post-World War II. Bo Schembechler finished in the top 10 17 of his 21 seasons at Michigan. He never finished in the top three consecutive years. By the way, how freaking impressive is it to finish in the top 10 17 out of your 21 seasons as a head coach? But I digress. So it's the it's really what we need to be concerned about as fans. It's not the amount of money. Who cares? He's already a multimillionaire. Not about the length of the deal. It's it's about the buyout. Because we need our coaches on the ground recruiting with security behind them. We're bringing USC and UCLA into this league. USC just openly out there, according to the internet, just openly contacting players the last couple of years. Tampering rules be damned. Hell, USC takes <laughs> had a bribery scandal about getting into the school within the general population, let alone before we get to lucrative athletics. So this is rarefied air up here. And the margin of error to stay where we are compared to where we were is a lot slimmer. And having a negative recruiting working against you every year that your coach might leave, we're the only program that has that. Nick Saban doesn't have that. Dabo Sweeney doesn't have that. Ryan Day doesn't have that, although that may be starting up with him here pretty soon based on the word on the street, but I digress again. And that brings me to point number two here that I think we know. I think Guinevere loves Lancelot and Arthur. I don't think we're a fallback, but I don't think we're plan A. I don't think there is a fallback or a plan A. I think that Jim has a great desire to win a national championship at Michigan, something his idol Bo did not do, something Michigan has done one time since those mad magicians post-World War II. And I think Michigan, or I think Jimmy Harbaugh has a great desire to win a Super Bowl. He came close a couple of different times as a player. He came ultra close once as a coach and lost to his brother of all people, who he is a dramatically superior athlete to and for the rest of his life has to hear about that game. That I just think Guinevere loves Lancelot, the NFL, and Arthur, us, just loves them both. Now, you know the ending of that story it ends pretty tragically (laughs) all right but I think that's what's also happening here I I think he does want to coach at Michigan I think if we put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around Jimmy Jimmy do you want to be the coach at Michigan next year absolutely Jimmy do you want to be the coach of the Denver Broncos or Indianapolis Colts absolutely I, I, I genuinely believe that and that's why if if Michigan offers the right deal with a buyout that doesn't restrict him, he'll take it. But if Michigan offers him a great deal with a restrictive buyout, he's going to wait and see what the NFL wants because he doesn't want to shut the door on that relationship. 
just like he doesn't want to voluntarily leave Michigan or that relationship. Guinevere loves Arthur and Lancelot at the same time. So we can't afford what happened last year. Now, I don't think it'll impact next year's team because what we're going to talk about in the next segment. But moving forward to stay in this position, the level of recruiting we have to sustain with how extra competitive the Big Ten is going to get, bringing in USC. Now you're going to play UCLA with Dante Moore at quarterback, the high school kid that you offered in the eighth grade and couldn't close the deal with. Uh, We don't have time to have two consecutive recruiting classes wrecked by this dalliance. All right. So here's what I would do if I was Ward Manual. And for those of you that are like, Steve, what do you know? What do I know? I took a business from a local radio show in Des Moines, Iowa to one of the biggest national platforms in the country. I just signed a three-year, seven-figure contract extension. And I sold one of my books into a movie production that will be released theatrically nationwide later this year. So I have absolutely no experience doing business deals or being successful in business at all. None. Clearly none. Nevertheless, I'm going to give this my best shot. Here's what I would do if I were Word Manual and Santa Ono, the president of University of Michigan. And maybe they've done this. I doubt it. But this is what I would do. Today, right now, I would put a 10-year, $150 million contract on Jim Harbaugh's desk with a $50 million buyout. Give him the kind of money that the, that the Broncos are talking about floating to Sean Payton. I give it to him. But 10 years, guaranteed. We're going to make a billion, $100 million a year from our new TV deal. We got the cash. I give it to him guaranteed, 10 years. But a $50 million buyout. A very punitive amount for someone to take him from me. So he can now go out and recruit. Well, so Sharon Moore, (laughs) the assistant coaches can now go out and recruit. And I tell him, you have until the end of the dead period to sign it. And if you don't, we will take that as your resignation. You'll get what we owe you on your deal, and we'll begin the process of hiring a new coach because we can't do this again to the program. That's post-NFL draft deadline, too, so your roster will be set for this year. But the roster is at risk for next year and the years to come. That's what I would do. I would give him the kind of money that the Broncos are talking about offering to Sean Payton guaranteed for the next decade, but with a ridiculously punitive buyout to protect my backside. And I tell him, you have to choose. It's not your fault that you're one of the rare people in the world that was uniquely great at both the NFL and college football. It's not. That's one of the reasons we want you here. But we can't sacrifice Camelot over this love triangle over star-crossed lovers. So here's what it is. Balls out, 
best deal possible ever seen. And it's yours. But you have to agree to this buyout to give us insurance. And you have to agree, you have to sign it by the end of the dead period this weekend. If you don't, we will take that as a resignation on your part, pay you what is owed you, and begin the process of hiring your replacement. That's what I would do. More in a moment. Now to something completely different. We didn't have this news last year, even though it does seem like the intro to this show was a show we did for an entire month a year ago at this time, but something we didn't do and something you don't see very often in today's college football. And to be brutally honest, if it weren't for a terrible injury on the final uh, for the, his, his final game, what was supposed to be his final game at Michigan Stadium, I doubt we'd be doing this right now. Nevertheless, Blake Corm, consensus All-American, maybe the guy that would have won the Heisman has he, had he been able to finish out the season at Michigan if he was the one making those runs against Ohio State at the end instead of Donovan Edwards. Blake Corum announced yesterday he's coming back for his senior year at Michigan. And if you're wondering to yourself, first and foremost, if Jimmy were to go, who do we hire? Man, I just... Yeah. Who wants to coach Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, and J.J. McCarthy next year? Yeah, I don't think anybody wants that job. Nobody. So your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, there might be a few people interested. Yeah. Might be a few people interested, so let me get this straight. I take over the winningest program of all time at its zenith apex and and i and i and i get them when their best players are all coming back that's my first year i'm not rich rod calling terrell Pryor at a high school before i even notify my team that i'm leaving to go to michigan because i know there's nobody on the roster that can play my offense i inherit jj mccarthy who dane brugler at the athletic thinks could be the number one pick in the nfl draft blake Corum consensus All-American, and Donovan Edwards, who was second in the country in yards per carry. Nah. No good coaches at all would be interested in that gig. Nobody. Except all of them. So, <laughs> that is tremendous news for Michigan. I think it speaks to a, a few things. Um, yes, number one, the torn meniscus, the time for the rehab there was going to take away a lot, if not all, of his NFL uh, pre-draft work, according to, uh, I think it was Albert Breer reported that, or Ian Rappaport, one of the NFL guys. But he still, that, that may have cost him a round, but he still has enough tape out there that he would have been drafted. Maybe it pushes him from the end of the second day in the third round to sometime in the third day, in the fourth or fifth. But... He's also delaying getting to that second contract sooner, which is usually the lucrative one these days. So we can't dismiss that as a factor in his decision. But if the culture here was terrible, if the fans were wretched, if the team was going nowhere, lots of guys get hurt at the end of the year and go pro anyway because they're not coming back to the maize and blue. They're not coming back to the University of Michigan. They're not coming back to a backfield of J.J. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards. They're not coming back to a preseason top three team for next year. Also speaks to where we are as a program. And I think it's just great to see all the way around. He'll be taken care of courtesy of NIL. I think Michigan's going to step up bigly 
where NIL is concerned here in the next few months after this Harbaugh situation one way or the other gets determined. But if you're wondering, do I think that it is more likely than not Jimmy will stay based on Blake agreeing to stay? Yes, but I wouldn't say a metaphysical certitude either. I would actually say this instead. If you're worried about who we could hire if Jimmy moves on, and that's not to say I don't even know the best move might not be elevating Sharon more and try to keep as much of the program intact as you can, but that notwithstanding. If you're wondering, what kind of coach could we get if Jimmy leaves? What kind of coach doesn't want to take over a job where J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, and Blake Corum are staring him right in the face? Except for literally any coach you'd want, within reason. So this is a win-win for us as fans, one way or the other. Yeah, I think it probably indicates, more likely than not, that Jimmy still stays here least for another year. But I think it also tells you that the value on this job, were it to come open, would be exceedingly high. So I know this, it's been a long time since we've had an offensive backfield that good returning. I mean, a long time. I mean, you go back to some of the 70s teams with, you know, Rob Lytle, Harlan Huckleby, Rick Leach. Now you're going back to even before I became a fan, you know, I'm eating paste. You know, I'm still trying to, you know, digest formula in those eras. But it's been high. That is some high cotton. That, that That's your early leader for Phil Steele's number one offensive backfield in the country returning next year. So that's why, getting back to the previous point here really quick, that is why I would offer this deal to if I were Ward Manuel and Santa Ono. We have, to, we have to nip this in the bud. Eight years is a long time for a coach to give any school, particularly one that has the ambitions and the possibilities that Jimmy does at the, at the next level. Don't begrudge him for that. But we cannot do this dance every year. Can't do it two years in a row. That's why it's got to end by this weekend in the dead period, or we wish you well and move on. That's what I would do i give him his flowers, i give him his propers, i pay him his money. And then I'd go out and hire a coach that I know for sure wants to be here for f- the next five years. And hand him one hell of a roster to get the thing started off with. This week's Twitter poll results, I asked you, I'm putting the over-under on Michigan's men's basketball wins in the Big Ten this season at 8 so when I did this poll, the Wolverines were just 1-0. Then, of course, they started 3-0, then lost to Michigan State to go 3-1. But, but to give myself insurance, I let the poll go on for a week, just in case Michigan got off to a better start, and they did. So I asked you, are you taking the over or the under? 53% of you said under 8. 47% said over. So what do I think? Well, I'm the one that set the total. I think it's 8. That's what I think. I think there are going to be some nights, like against Maryland, Michigan's going to look terrific because there are some very talented players on the roster. There's a McDonald's All-American and Jet Howard. There is a consensus All-American in Hunter Dickinson. But night to night, you don't have a point guard. Doug McDaniel's being asked to play more than he should. This should have been his get-him-ready year, like Xavier Simpson had. He, you know, he looks like Eli Brooks did his freshman year. Remember, remember his freshman year, you're thinking, that was a bad take by John Beeline. Then we all cried when he left last year. All right. Xavier Simpson, you're like, yeah, don't put him at the free throw line. 
he's might be the, the the greatest point guard the program's ever had. He is at least in the conversation with Gary Grant, Ricky Green. So it's hard being a freshman point guard, man. Hard. And he's small on top of it. This should have been his get him ready year. But it's not. Jalen Llewellyn got hurt, but he already had shown he really wasn't going to be the answer at point guard even before that injury. And he wasn't really a point guard when we brought him in. He was more of a combo guard. We were already going into this year thin at point guard, kind of hoping that Jalen Llewellyn would just kind of get it by the end of the year like Devontae Jones did a year ago. So I have no idea with the way Juwan can recruit, with the resources we have, why we have just not had a point guard two years in a row. But here we are. And I think we don't have a point guard. Ask Iowa football what it looks like. You can have draft picks and All-Americans and all kinds of other positions. But if you don't have a quarterback, it can look really ugly most weeks. That's the straw that stirs the drink. Same thing happens at point guard. I mean, we played, we played our asses off defensively against Michigan State over the weekend. We had a complete zero at point guard, though. You lose by six points. That's it. Held Michigan State to 59 points in their own gym. Should have won that game. Had it with a functional point guard. Forget a Xavier Simpson-level point guard. With a functional point guard, Michigan probably wins that game like 63-59. Gets enough quality possessions to get enough baskets to get out of there with a win. Instead, you know. So I think the total's eight because I think there's going to be a lot of nights that you're like... Fugly. And then there's going to be some nights where they're just hitting so many shots. It won't matter, you know, if uh, uh, IP freely in the comments section here on YouTube is the point guard. But in this league, ain't going to get a lot of those nights. Probably get about seven or eight of them. That's why I have that as the over-under. Hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I love March Madness. I think it's the best sporting event in the country. Breaks my heart when Michigan doesn't make it. But, I mean, we're sitting at 77 in the net rankings right now and have no quad one wins. So I'm not liking our chances here. It's Selection Sunday about 60 days from today. But that's why they play the games. That's why we'll be back again next week right here on Michigan Podcast. Hopefully, the soap opera will be over. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, whichever applies to however you watch, like here on YouTube or listen, like on iTunes and Stitcher and elsewhere, and help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. All those five-star reviews and likes, clicks, etc. help us to do that. The algorithms are benevolent when you are kind to us. You can also follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast as well. Until the next time or next week, I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.